This is the Great Scott Show on ESPN Lafayette. Ah, happy Monday, everybody. Happy to have you with me. Got a guest going to be joining me in studio a little bit later. Former UL and NFL wide receiver James Butler. Coach Billy Napier is going to be on with me at 7.15. We got Dr. Maggard in studio. We got a lot to get into. Oh, by the way, the Saints play tonight for the first time in what feels like forever. The World Series are set between two teams that have a lot of fans in this area. I'm not one of them, but have friends on both sides that are fired up. I mean, honestly, like at the end of July... Like around the trade deadline, was anyone like, oh, yeah, that's it? Acuna Jr. lost for the season toward AC. Everyone was like, oh, yeah, Astros Braves. That's going to be the World Series. Not so much. But, you know, the, the, the Braves hadn't been in the World Series since 99. All those years of playoff failures with only one World Series title when they had Maddox, Glavin, Smaltz. 16 trips to the postseason since without a championship since they won it in 95. They have a dozen appearances since their last World Series berth in 99, but haven't got it in. And of all those teams, it's not like this is the best Braves team, but if you win it all, you're the one that gets remembered the most. Then you got the Astros. I mean, you got a manager who's 72 who's been known to just, I can't quite win that one. Can't quite win the World Series. He's got a lot on the line. Astros still have four more to do it. So a 72-year-old manager, a 66-year-old manager in Atlanta and Brian Snicker. Guy's been working his way up for years and years and years. This is going to be fun. It's going to be fun. I think we'll see more relievers in this World Series than maybe we ever have. I mean, the the relievers have thrown more than half of the postseason innings for these two teams. That's a storyline to keep an eye on, obviously, as well. Caesar Sportsbook opened the Astros' favorites, minus 150. Now it's at minus 145. Braves didn't run, uh, you know, it's, it's, they haven't hit that spot this postseason yet. You know, they had a couple of moments. Dodgers come back in game three and everyone's like, uh oh, here we go again. Deja vu. Not so much. They've got it done, man. They've got it done. Astros have, you know, they're, they're playing the part of the villain. They got a chip on their shoulder. They're they're trying to say, hey, look, okay, yeah, maybe we cheated a little bit, but guess what? We didn't have to. Check this out. We'll see what happens here. Braves are like, hey, we we when we were on TBS all the time, we were America's team. We can knock out these guys. Don't you think everyone will call us that again? I can't speak for everyone, but let's go. That'll start tomorrow. We'll have games one and two on for you. Tonight, 
Monday Night Football, Saints-Seahawks. The Saints, a road favorite in Seattle. Well-rested Saints. And Seattle's playing, I would say, some of their worst football that they've that we've seen them play in the last 10 years. No Russell Wilson, a bad defense. And you hear me say those things and you're like, um, uh-oh, is that... Is that a bad sign? Does that mean Seattle's definitely going to win? As I've said to you guys consistently, this Saints team has the biggest gap between their floor and the ceiling. They will be erratic in times. And so sometimes you got to expect the unexpected. Things can be unpredictable. 7-15 kickoff tonight. In Seattle from Lumen Field. Over under is forty one and a half. Yeah. I, I I would I would say it goes over. I mean the Saints have been missing eight significant starters for most of the year. Some of them will be back tonight. Some. It's just weird to be going to Seattle in a primetime game. And there's no Russell Wilson, and their defense is really bad. It's like that's when was the last time both of those things you were going to say at the same time? You'd have to go back pre Russell Wilson, and it's you know their defense has been good for a while until just the last year and a half. No Russell Wilson. You got Chris Carson with neck troubles. And a defense that had a four-week span where they were the worst in league history. Saints, you know, they had a lot of injuries too. Missing more than half their starters. And yet they come into the game at 3-2, and two, Seattle 2-4. Two and four. Speaking of bad defenses, I got to... I, I, I guess I got to finally acknowledge what one of our listeners, caller, longtime listener Melvin pointed out a few weeks ago, and that was that he thought Kansas City was in trouble, that he did not think they were a postseason team, and maybe they aren't. Still a way to go, but you can have Patrick Mahomes, you can have elite offensive playmakers if you have a historically bad defense, it won't matter. I watched the 2012 Saints. I watched Drew Brees. Yeah, maybe he doesn't have the arm that Mahomes did. Go back and check the stats. 43 touchdowns, incredible completion percentage. That offense was going all over the field. What they didn't have was a defense that could stop a runny nose. And guess who was the D coordinator? That would be Steve Spagnola. now in KC. It was... It, it 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 didn't matter how good their offense was. They could win some games, but but how did the Chiefs put up three points against the Tennessee offense that isn't that good? Mahomes gets knocked out, gets hit in the head. Chiefs have problems, big problems, and in a division where the Chargers are good and the Raiders apparently all they really needed was to get rid of John Gruden. Go figure. More on NFL Week 7. Coming up a little bit later. James Butler is going to join me later. Dr. Brian Magger is going to be in at 8.30. It is homecoming week 
for Raging Cajun football. Going to talk to him about a lot of the activities happening around that. Speaking of, we're going to talk to Billy Napier here next. Troy emails. He says, the Braves beat the best team in baseball, and they should have been swept. Houston, we have a problem, and it's called the Atlanta Braves. Thank you, Troy. Clark emails. He says, Scott, I'm sick and tired of everyone calling the Houston Astros the Houston Asterix. It's time to put that sour taste out of our mouths and watch the Astros go to town on these Braves. Come on, it's Atlanta. Sports teams in Atlanta are known to be unreliable in the big moments. My only question is, how are the Braves going to blow it this time? Okay, Clark. Like I said, we got a lot of fans of both teams in this area. Between the World Series, NFL, college football, NBA, and UL basketball. Went to number 14 Alabama last night. In an exhibition. Played well. Lost uh, 73-68. Kobe Julian looking healthy, looking strong, had 17. We're on that as well this morning. So we got a lot to dig into. Don't go anywhere. It's the Great Scott Show, the Great Sports Callers Open Think Tank. Happy to have you with me. Louisiana getting votes in both polls, ranked just outside the top 25 in both, 26 in one, 27 in the other. Coastal Carolina still ranked even after their loss to App State. That's good for the Sun Belt. Oh, yeah, conference realignment. Huh. A couple things happened since I've been out. Don't go anywhere. It's ESPN 1420.com. The Great Scott Show. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. On Sports Radio ESPN 1420. the great Scott show ESPN Lafayette I'm Scott Prather Monday 715 that means Louisiana Raging Cajun head football coach Billy Napier joins me now Cajuns coming off a win last Thursday they're sixth in a row improving to six in one in a game that had a lot of Twist and turns, and uh, was memorable to say the least. Uh, Coach Napier on with us now. First of all, good morning, Coach. How are you? I'm doing good, Scott. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. Oh, always enjoy, Coach. Have you ever been a part of a game as a player, assistant, head coach, where your team rushed for 424 yards? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think so. We, uh, you know, it was that kind of night. And uh, certainly, you know, proud of um, our staff. Thought we had a terrific plan uh, to do that and then certainly to go execute that plan and really do it uh, when we needed to. Um, So um, some really critical possessions there where we were able to step up and execute at a high level. Well, certainly the the final one is the one that left the, the strongest impression it took 10 minutes and 26 seconds off the clock. 
uh, ended the game, 88 yards and 18 plays, then a couple of kneel downs in the victory formation. What is the – I know there's a lot of things that go into it, Coach, but if you could narrow it down to one, what do you think is the singular biggest key to a drive like that? Well, I think, um, number one, we're in a little bit of a unique situation there with it being a one-point one game, right? So, um, you know, and, and certainly right there at that point in time, we had had two turnovers in the second half. Um, our defense, um, you know, had did a great job of putting the fire out a couple times, but we needed to get the control of the game, right? Get back in control of the game. Uh, and we did it lots of different ways, you know. I mean, I think if you really evaluate that possession, uh, there's some runs in there. There's some third down um, plays in there. There's some tempo. Um, a little bit of everything, and then some great situational football. You know, I mean, um, right there at the end, the four-to-one hard count, the fake sneak, the pitch play, um, really, really good stuff. You know, and I thought we pulled from a lot of different areas in that possession, uh, but for the players to have awareness and play the situations well, uh, I thought was a lot of fun. So, you know, we did it when we needed to, and, uh, you know, I think – as a competitor, uh, you always like to see the hard work pay off uh, from a preparation standpoint. I thought within that drive, uh, there were some great examples of that. You mentioned the, the, the fourth down pitch play that, that sealed it. Um, you, you said after the game that was one y'all just been practicing a couple of days prior. So you, you try to get them on a hard count, then you pitch it out. Um, it it First of all, I mean, you got to make sure everybody's on the same page. No one's going to jump. Um, how much time goes in, I guess, that play in practice? And um, obviously it, it worked. I mean, you guys executed it to perfection. Yeah, no, it's a play we've had in our, you know, uh, playbook for a while. We actually stole it from uh, Matt Vietor at ULM, believe it or not. Um, so it's a little series of plays. Uh, that we've kind of window dressed a lot of different ways in different games. But, um, you know, it's an old school play um, that's based off of sneak defense. You know, sometimes defensive um, coordinators will reduce the front, you know, and get down in the A and B gaps, kind of gap you out and try to defend the sneak. Uh, and when they do that, they give up a, a really short edge. Um, so, you know, we've had it around. We worked it specifically in our situational walkthrough against the defense on Friday. Um, you know, and it just happened that that situation came up in the game. So uh, those are good uh, to kind of validate with the players, you know, why you do what you do. You know, I think we, we work hard around here and certainly put our players through the grinder. And uh, for them to kind of see some of these things pop up and pay off, I think is important uh, and gives you some you know, confirmation that, um, you know, hey, players are well-prepared and uh, players execute critical moments. Rage occasion at football coach Billy Napier, our guest. Um, you, it's the second time you've said this year that it was a play. You, you said you stole from Matt Viator. I know Matt uh, quality control and, and does things with you guys. Is that – what the plan was like when when uh, you you had App State jump off sides, and for folks who don't remember the play, it's the one that had Shane Vallow 
uh, all over social media with his little first down celebration. Um, was that something that, that you were going to run in that game had they not jumped off sides? But in this situation, the opponent didn't. And so you've, you know, it, it's almost like there's, there's two possible outcomes on that play, depending on what happens first. But was that what y'all were going to do against App if they hadn't have jumped? Uh, I think that it depends. You know, like um, it's a, probably a little too specific schematically, but I'd love to hear. You know, there's uh, a lot of variables, but you know, you always we we package a lot of plays, right? We go to the line with several plays, um, or we call an all-inclusive play and. Uh, as the ball snap, Levi decides what happens. So I think we've got a mixture of things, and certainly, you know, th- this this little package of plays is always a little bit different based off the defensive structure that you're playing uh, and what they like to play in those situations. So uh, very common for us to hard count and then, you know, pick the play. We don't necessarily look to the sideline like a lot of teams do our quarterback handles at all. So, um you know, I think it's uh, that would be another example where we had something similar planned, um, but it kind of went the other way, for sure. Defensively, one player I just wanted to single out for a moment is Zion Hill. Um, he was seemed to just be all over the field making plays. I know that there have been times in his career where he wants to be on the field. Maybe physically he's not able, but it does seem like ever since he's been a Cajun when he's on the field he's uh, he's making plays and I, I just thought it was a really strong performance from him uh, last Thursday yeah Zion is um, you know he's extremely intelligent um, he is he has really good instincts uh, football IQ he has vision he sees the ball well he diagnoses things uh, really well for a defense alignment um, and he's got elite quickness. You know, I think um, you know the guy just has a lot of twitch about him. Uh, he has been well coached. I think he's developed nicely as a player since he's been here. Uh, and really, he's an effort player. I mean, he's fanatical in his pursuit of the ball. Uh, he makes us better, you know. And uh, his production uh, really stands out for a guy that plays in the front. So. A uh, very productive player, uh, very common for him to be at the top of the production chart uh, after a game and certainly uh, played well last Thursday night. Aside from the turnovers, what area did you feel like you guys didn't play up to the, the Raging Cajun standard, as you guys put it, in last Thursday's win? Uh, we had two turnovers. Um, you know, I think the – Really three, you know, I count turnovers on downs. I count those as turnovers, mm-hmm. right? So the, the possession we had, uh, the second possession of the game when we had it inside the three there didn't come away with points. Uh, you pair that with the two turnovers and really, um, you know, I think that that would be my biggest disappointment. I thought we had a few too many negative plays. Uh, in the game. Now, we overcame a lot of them, mm-hmm. um, but just in terms of being in second and long, third and long, just a few too many for my liking. But, um, you know, that was pretty much it. You know, we had two turnovers in the second half. We didn't um, convert the second possession of the game into a touchdown. I think if we do all those things, it's a little bit different day. So, you know, when when the other team 
uh, has some success um, and they've got the ball and are controlling the ball a little bit, you don't get many possessions. you got to make the most of those possessions. So, um, you know, we had some really good things in the game, but some things that I think um, we'd like to do a little bit better. Coach Billy Napier, our guest, ESPN Lafayette. I'm Scott Prather. You said afterwards in regards to Arkansas State's offense that they made plays that broke. What makes a, a, a play unique, I guess, as a coach when you're looking at it, assessing, okay, was this unique or were we maybe not where we were supposed to be, sort of where that difference comes in? Yeah, I mean, I think you know whenever um... – you know, the ball goes to the one-on-one, you know, and maybe don't make the play or uh, maybe you understand where they've got an extra hat in the run game where they have you in conflict, right? I think, um, but, you know, after watching the tape, um, you know, we got to play better um, on the outside. You know, we gave up some plays uh, with poor leverage, poor technique, poor tackling, um, you know, but overall, it was a good day on defense. You know, I mean, I think um, we did a lot of things well. We just gave up a few too many uh, explosives. We defended the run well. You know, they were 3.2 a rush. We played really good on third down. Uh, we got to play better in the outside matchups at corner, and we got we got to be a little bit better uh, at decision making. You know, we gave up four first downs off of penalties. Uh, all which were point of attack, decision-making type penalties. So, you know, those are the big things. You know, we did a lot of really good things, but, um, you know, I think there's some areas where we got to play better. Homecoming week, Texas State coming this Saturday, Coach. Um, I know, you know, homecoming presents a lot of things around the community, um, and, and I know that you guys embrace that in some ways, but it's game week. I mean, is the schedule – altered at all, whether it be an 11 a.m. kickoff or homecoming festivities, or is it business as usual this week for you guys? Well, no, I, I think it's, uh, you know, we, we try to use it as a positive, you know. I mean, I really view it as an opportunity to represent. You know, we, we talk about that concept quite a bit. Um, you know, football in the South, uh, certainly this time of year, um, you know, relative to a lot of people coming back home, you know, that went to school here, uh, that certainly care about this university. Um, you know, I think I think the weekend is symbolic of pride, right? Just relative to the experiences that people had here, how this place affected their life, impacted the direction of their life, the people that they met while they were here, and the memories that they have. So. You know, I think it's part of our responsibility to get ready to play well. We want to make it a great day, you know, and I think uh, we do that by executing really well, playing extremely hard in the game, uh, and um, coming out with a win, you know, so the people can enjoy the rest of the weekend. So um, we also have to as a team. You know, we won six in a row. Uh, we've got another SBC West opponent coming into our place. Um, certainly got some momentum here and uh, also have some room for improvement. So there's a lot going on here. And uh, certainly we're right, we're a couple of days ahead here and right in the middle of the grind. But I think uh, it's an important week uh, for the Cajuns uh, within our organization and certainly um, 
for all the people that care about this university and this community. Well, to make sure that you guys uh, get the win um, and, and, you know, sort of do your part for homecoming week, what's the key against the Bobcats who, uh, you know, I, they're two and five. You go, you, you, you see they got a win against South Alabama. Um, I watched them against Troy a little bit. I had an opportunity to see some of that game. Here to be a feisty group, you know they don't always. They're not always to able, you know, to to put it all together on game day. Um, I think similar to Arkansas State, if you look at the record, uh, you might kind of lose out on on kind of what the team brings to the table. And I, I'm not saying that for cliche. There's some teams coached with bad records that personally, I'll just say is isn't a good team. I think Texas State. I mean it when I say I, I think they're better than their record indicates. Well, yeah, they're definitely better. Um, you know, they played Baylor too really a tight game, you know, down to a one-score game right at the end. Um, you know, overtime win at FIU. They had a little bit of a two-week run uh, where they got beat there at UIW in Eastern Michigan where they had 24 players out for COVID. Uh, and then they put, they beat South Alabama in overtime, uh, three-point game to Troy, and then didn't play great against uh, Georgia State this past weekend. But you know, they, they have, much like Arkansas State, uh, they have went out and really attacked the transfer portal. You know, they've got multiple players in the two deep that are brand spanking new. Um, you know, they do, they do play with effort, and I think they're fundamentally sound, and I think they're well coached. I think that they just haven't put it all together uh, at times. So uh, the combination of their offense, defense, and special teams uh, can create some problems for you. You know, it's going to, we, we, they're, they're not just going to give it to you. Um, so, um, it, you know, I think look at the scores in our league uh, week to week. You know, you can't count on any records or stats to tell you predict the future, you know, for sure. So, um, much like the past, you got to be ready to go every week. Um, and I think that we're in the process of getting there right now. But uh, I expect no different. We have to put the ball down and earn the right to win. And I'm certainly excited about the opportunity to come with that. Afterwards, I know you're focused on Texas State, but I'll go somewhere with this question. It's a uh, it's a short week, as you guys will host Georgia State the following Thursday. Um, it, 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 I mean, do you have to work all day Sunday, or is – is uh, is dad going to have enough time to trick or treat with the kids on Sunday? And that's a tough one right there. Um, no, I, I'm afraid to say we'll be grinding it out here. Um, you know, basically Sunday becomes a Tuesday. Um, you know, we kind of, we got a little five game model or five day model that we execute. We've done it a couple of times around here, but, those weeks are a grind. You know, we try to do as much prep and planning, um, you know, throughout the season. You know, we've had a couple of days allocated for Georgia State here in the last couple of weeks. Uh, even though it's kind of out of sight, out of mind, we've been kind of putting some uh, money in the bank to pull that out, pull it off the shelf uh, when we get done Saturday. So, I don't know if you know this, Coach, but uh, scared money don't make money. I don't know if you've ever heard that one. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, No, I I would anticipate after the game's over, um, 
we'll try to create some Halloween type stuff with our kids and family for sure. But um, Sunday will be a grind for sure. But, but we got we got other things to worry about right now. No, I I know I know you're you're not thinking about that. I just I know how they try to uh, loop you into wearing a costume each year, so you might have an out this year. Uh, Coach Billy Napier <laughs> has uh, has been our guest. Uh, Coach, all the best. Final thing, um, any message you want to relate to the fan base? Homecoming week, 11 a.m. kickoff this Saturday before we let you run. Anything you want to tell the fans? Yeah, I just want you to know um, how thankful um, and grateful we are for you showing up here lately. You know, I think um, we've had some special environments out there. I know the kickoff time is 11 a.m. I know that's um, not the best of um, scenarios for the fans and tailgating. Um, We don't make those decisions uh, our conference office and ESPN make those decisions. But one thing I know about uh, our people uh, in Lafayette and in Acadiana and certainly a homecoming crowd is we're going to make the best of the day, uh, and it's going to be a great day. Uh, we'll get that tailgate done after this thing's over, and uh, let's get there early, uh, and let's have a heck of a day, man, and make it a fun one. So, uh, But I'm going to say thank you ahead of time because I know our people are going to show up um, and and do their part to help us win. So truly part of the team and have affected the last couple home games that we had. And, and again, I want to tell them how much I appreciate that. Coach, always appreciate the time. All the best, and we'll talk to you again soon. All right. Thank you, Scott. I'll see you around. You got it. That's Louisiana Ragin Cajun head football coach Billy Napier. I'm Scott Prather. CSPN Lafayette, 36 after the hour. James Butler's going to be in studio uh, coming up soon. Looking forward to that. Always opinionated, always emotional, Mr. Butler is. Talking World Series, NFL Week 7, college football as well. LSU fell to Ole Miss, wasn't uh, too close, but they just kind of rocked and rolled from there. I say rocked and rolled. It was weird seeing... Coach Joe just not even really nervous. Just knows everything that's going to happen after the year anyway. And they're down by three scores. But it was a, um, I don't know, football over the weekend. And the game Thursday was entertaining. I was I was in, <clears throat> was in Cousin. Excuse me. I was in Cousin. I was in Florida at uh, my cousin's wedding and caught the game on TV at a uh, sports bar in a smaller Florida town. Sports bar was called Glory Days. But folks, they were into it. You know, you had a Thursday night game that was on. You had some NBA games, and you had Louisiana on in there, and there was some folks at the bar, and they were just saying, man, Louisiana, look, weren't they ranked? Didn't they, they knew who Coach Napier was. I didn't tell them who I was. I didn't even tell them I was from here or what I did. I just heard, overheard them and kind of jumped into the conversation. But... It's telling when you're in a different state and a team's on TV and locals watching the game know a little bit about them. ESPN 1420 and Don't go anywhere. James Butler's coming up soon. Dr. Maggard's going to be in at 830. It's homecoming week for UL. A lot of great things happening all week. The Saints are playing tonight. We'll be right back right after this. It's ESPN1420 and.com. 
Into the Great Scott Show, ESPN Lafayette. I'm Scott Prather, and a former NFL wide receiver, former Raging Cajun wide receiver, friend to us all, unless you play for the enemy. <laughs> James Butler is in the house. Good morning, James. Good morning, man. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. How was uh, how was your weekend? That's you know what I just want to point out. That's the nicest introduction you've ever given me usually you start off with an insult like i'm emotional like you said maybe five minutes ago that's not insult there's nothing wrong with being emotional it's why are you insu- some, I mean, why are you insulting people that show their emotions no because why that's you what you that? say you say that my emotions regarding the subject that we talk about is a bad thing so that's an insult i never said bad i just said it prevents you from being objective at times no i'm i'm everything i say is f- talking about we, <laughs> is that we, right we've we discussed this because when, when we made the picks, when we made the picks of the NFL teams, I'm pretty sure I got every one of them right, right, except for what? I did. I got everyone right. No, you did. Yes, I did. You had every pick right. I said the Titans was going to beat the Chiefs. You said the Chiefs were going to win. We didn't. We didn't do picks last week, did we? Yes, we did. No, you last week. We did do the picks. All right. All right. All right. All right. Credit to you then. And then I said the Bengals were going to beat the Ravens. So I mean, facts. Okay. Well, that, you so James claims because he predicted the winner of two NFL games that everything we, he says we, we is know. factual. No, we we did more than two games. I don't even remember the games. You might be right. I'm not even. I'm not even. I don't even remember us doing these. So when it's something proven that I'm right, you don't remember all of a sudden. I, I be, I'll believe you that you picked two games correctly. <sighs> when were you in last? When was that? Third, no, Tuesday. Was it Tuesday last week? Yeah. Okay. All right, well, good. Yeah, the Titans won, and the Chiefs only scored three points against that defense, which is the biggest surprise. Next next question, please. Because then I'm It's ha- not a question. No, I, I want to actually uh, – uh, that's that's called a segue into actually no, like breaking down football. No, because you know what I'm going to say next regarding what? why – the Titans. Oh my God! No, you're you're right. No, don't don't start with that. <laughs> nah, man. Um, I don't know, man. The Chiefs are struggling. There, and, there's and, something. It doesn't matter. I was surprised they only scored three points. I give Tennessee a little more credit. I haven't done that much. I still don't think their defense is good, but I I can't I I can't wrap my mind around how Kansas City only scored three. So. 
Credit to Tennessee for that. The 2012 Saints, offensively, they were great. Mm-hmm. They had a losing record. Defense was historically bad. Steve Spagnola couldn't coach a defense to stop a running nose. He's coaching in Kansas City right now, and their defense is bad. And that, I guess, they, they lost some play. It's a little surprising. What's more surprising to me is some of the offensive struggles right. on this team right now. I mean, they scored three points yesterday. Who had? There, there was no one. You might have thought the Titans would win. I'm glad. Good job. Mm-hmm. Credit to you. Like I like got facts. Like, like, we, like you, we spoke about. A fact. A fact. A prediction is not a fact. Now you got a prediction correct. That is a fact. But, no, a, but when it's you a make fact. a prediction, it's not a fact. No, it's a fact. Okay, what will be the final score tonight? Forty-five ten. <laughs> what the Saints are going to win forty-five to ten? It was. Is this a comedy session? I didn't say no. anything funny. I said forty-five ten. I'm just. If that doesn't happen, what do you call it? You just. You had a prediction that did, didn't go right. Is all. If it's not exact, it doesn't mean it's a fact. Forty-five ten. I hope you're right. That'd be fun. I'll take it. I'll sign off on that right now. <laughs> Gosh, you got. See now. Now I don't even remember what I said. Okay, three. So yeah, you you had a lot of. I wouldn't say uh, entertaining games yesterday in the NFL. No, there were a bunch of blowouts. You didn't. There weren't. There weren't that many great games. Um, but low scoring. I mean, Kansas City had three. Carolina had three. Carolina's bad. Um, the Texans had five. The Bears had three. I mean, was there even a, a good game yesterday? I guess I, Miami Atlanta was close, but who wants to watch that? Right, but I watched a little of the uh, Washington football team and Green Bay game, and uh, your former teammate Aaron Rodgers threw three touchdowns. And I, I have to say, I don't think Green Bay is that good. I really don't, because I believe Washington football team played really, really well against them. But you know, that's Tyler, just my Taylor, opinion. Taylor, Taylor Heineke. Yeah, I think I was the main one saying on Twitter that they shouldn't have never got Ryan Fitzpatrick. They should have stuck with him after that performance in the playoff game. But he's not looking too great. Right. No, you get emotional after single games. We no, know that. that that's you, not why. I just thought I just thought he played really well, and I thought. He deserved a chance after that performance in the playoff game that he deserved to get a shot as a starter the, ne- the following season. Well, he's getting it right now. And he's not looking too good. So I was wrong about that. 269-1077. But it was factual what you said before? Uh, yeah, I it's mean. Just a, never mind. Well, yeah. I'm, well, I don't want to argue about semantics with you, my friend. I mean, I'm not I don't want to do that. I okay. mean, I'm right. <laughs> Two six nine ten seventy seven. You almost sound as crazy as our next caller. Let's go to the phone lines. ESPN Lafayette, welcome into the show. Good morning, Kyle. Good morning, fellas. Leroy, you gotta understand something. Scott is a nice guy, but he suffers from GPMS. Did you just call him Leroy? Yeah, who's Leroy? Huh? Huh? Who's Leroy? Oh man, you got a uh, James. I'm sorry. Look, man. I, Come on, I, I you just, he calls and insults you right out the <laughs> gate, James. Uh, okay, look, 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 man. Leroy uh, Butler, is that what he's thinking morning, about? Scott, it's early in the morning. You yeah. got to help me out, man. All right. Uh, look, I'm sorry. Look, you got to uh, you got to realize Scott had suffers from GPMS. 
And GPMS will make a person feel a little schizophrenic when mm-hmm. you when you're around them. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, uh, Scott, do you know what GPMS is? Why don't you Why don't you educate us, wise one? <laughs> yeah, GPMS, Goalpost Mover Syndrome. I've heard that before. What 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 yeah, what, what, it, go, it, what it, goalposts have I moved? You change all of. Well, your... I mean, you're getting so bad at it. Just like I'm getting a little bit of dementia, <laughs> you're getting so bad at it that that you don't even realize that y'all made picks and you. Fair point. Naturally, that's a fair point. Uh, I, I don't. I, I don't even remember all the picks we made last Tuesday. I had to be reminded. I can't even. I yeah. can't even defend that. I can't. I can't. Okay, but yeah, but that, you see, that's the, and, and the thing is, I didn't try to, I didn't try to move it. I just said I couldn't remember. Yeah, he just don't no, want to accept the fact. No, moving it would be like we never did it, and what yeah. I said was they would win, but they actually lost. But it, but I didn't know that this guy would be injured. That's goalpost moving. What I had no, is just no, no, you no, know, no, 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 you, you and your son Norman, but have both have the same syndrome, but yours is much more advanced than his. <laughs> and, says, and, says the and, says the guy with dementia. It, yeah, well, hey, well, I, hey, I, 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 I can recognize. Hey, it, hey, Leroy, I, Leroy. I, no, I'm not. I've had to learn how to recognize. Hey, Leroy. Yeah. Anyway, look. Bottom line is, he hates the Titans. He's on the Chiefs bandwagon because Mothership has been planted into his head that he must be on the Chiefs bandwagon. I agree. I agree. Uh, yeah, and you know these are just yeah. things. That I made a pick that was help. incorrect. But the see, Cardinals will never be I any was, good. The I never said never the Cardinals be won't be any good. I never even said that, ever. What's your name, Kyle? Well, I know you, you wouldn't waste any time on the Cardinals because they're not good enough to talk about. What's, they're what's your the name only undefeated team in the league, but you can't, you know, be you can't talk about them because they're not that good. And then the Bengals will never be any good. So when Mothership, in about five years, when Mothership said it's okay, to say that these teams I got, good I, got, I, got, I got I got I got I got I got some I got some like I got some news for you. Um what's that? I don't other than actual games, I don't watch ESPN. Okay. Well I'm hey, I don't. I, I, I mean I don't. I don't I don't watch it. ESPN other than the game. Watch I'll watch it tonight because memo. the Saints are on. Listen, Kyle well, Kyle, you name Kyle, I, right? No, you can go. You can call him whatever you want. 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 Listen, Leroy. I'm so sorry. No, you know no, what? You, you know what? Call it's him fine. Bubby. Call him Bubby. Yeah, you know. We, we, Bubby you know. Brister. Yeah. Listen, listen. Yeah, that, he he remembers that we made picks. <laughs> he just doesn't want to accept do, the fact now. that he was wrong about the majority of his picks. So you were right. And I came in I here go back because he tries to he tries to quote me as being emotional. So he doesn't want to accept the fact. He don't want to accept the fact that I was right and he, and he was wrong. So he he's trying to say, "What are you trying to re- pull what up the you, recording?" Yeah, I, I might. I might. I might have to go try to look for it. I might actually be wrong with me because you know I wasn't. <laughs> oh look, there it is. I want to pull up receipts. <laughs> oh man! But, but that's the way. That's the way somebody with GPMS works. They they cut, they come at you with they they talk about how we, your weakness or whatever they they make up a weakness about mm-hmm. you. Yeah, then they say it's you know oh, well, he's a little emotional. It's a wonderful he, thing it's he has. Hard for him to 
keep his thoughts in place. I never you know, said that about about my friend Leroy. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you would say that. But you would say that. You would say some of it about him. Now you James, no, I, I James is absolutely yeah. emotional. What I'm saying is, it's not an insult. Emotional about what? Yeah. Scott? what Everything. You, no, I'm not. You got to give me an example. Like, give us an example. The Saints. What? What did I say that was emotional? That Jameis Winston was going to be MVP and lead the league in passing. How is that far fetched for me that, to say that the Saints were going to go undefeated? That actually could have <laughs> happened though. Scott, that's, think that's, about it. The COVID. You, you even admitted that that it was it was the fan emotion and you telling no, you that. I, no, I was serious. But, but listen, let me up. ask y'all a question. All right, go quick. go ahead, Kyle. Before we, we're, we're just about out of time for this yeah. hour. Finish it yeah. up. Go ahead. Uh, how do y'all see these guys? I mean, I I don't see them winning tonight. How do y'all see them winning? They don't have any skill position players left. I'm gonna hang up and let y'all. Tell me where I'm wrong because I'm getting emotional. Okay. Later. Okay. All right. Thanks, Leroy. I appreciate it, man. Um, he's just being sarcastic. No, I, I see the Saints winning tonight. Alvin Kamara has a big night. Are you sure? That's my pick. Saints. Listen, it's my pick. This this the skill position take. I'm not gonna lie. Is a little concerning. Okay. I'm not about to say anything. Like I'm not. I'm just surprised you said something. I mean, I speak facts, Scott. What are you saying? Like this is, this is fact. What I'm saying right now. Go ahead. Go ahead. And the, this, go ahead. And this, break this, the skill it down. position take is concerning. I, I, I have to say, because who, who are the receivers for this game? You got Callaway. Is Traquan Smith playing? I think. I believe he is. Maybe. Um, we'll know tonight. Probably. Harris is out. I mm-hmm. think Taysom is out. Right. That's correct. I'm, to Chris, be honest, Chris Hogan retired. He retired, so we still got Kenny Stills. You know, I'm. I believe Lil Jordan Humphreys may be getting the lineup. I, I'm looking for a big game from the tight ends. They have Alvin Kamara though, but we can't just give him the ball every and time. Seattle's defense is bad. They're gonna force James to throw. I'm gonna tell you that right now. I, I'm. I'm telling you what they're gonna try to do. Alvin Kamara's gonna have a big night tonight. I hope you're right. Fresh. Coming off the bye. I hope you're right. He's going to have a big game tonight. Who's the backup running back is the question. Uh, Well, I guess Dwayne Washington He's right out. now. Dwayne Washington is out? He's out. Lamar Miller? You might have to call him up off the practice squad. <sighs> Probably. Or the other cat that um, they had. He was on their team last year in camp. Then he went to Devin Azigbo. That's his name. Right. Maybe okay. He, maybe he gets called. Yeah. It'll be. It'll be. They'll. they'll Alvin Kamara's going to have a big night. I'm just telling you. Hey, Leroy. Hold it now. Don't go anywhere. We're back. Hour number two of the Great Scott Show after this. Hello, everybody. Welcome in to hour number two of the Great Scott Show, ESPN Lafayette. James Butler is in the house. Troy has been listening. He says, look, you said Winston is MVP of the NFL season. You say a lot of stuff that aren't facts. That's what... Who said that, Troy? And he also said Kyle makes so many wrong predictions, and it just he just keeps on making them. First of all... um. 
What his name is? Kyle or Troy? I don't know because I've been called Leroy, so I'm trying to. I'm I'm bad with the names thing. Um, I'm pretty sure James Winston yardage he would be in the MVP conversation. Twelve touchdowns, three interceptions. He doesn't even have. He's not even close to the yardage. I, that's what I'm saying. Well, right. if he would have had the yardage, yeah, but James, I mean, that's. I mean, we're not throwing it like that. You know, if Alvin Kamara had more. You know, 400 more rushing yards, he'd be in the conversation. No, he wouldn't because I think Derrick Henry got that for running backs on a lot. He's pretty good. Yeah, that He's dude is, man, I, I've never good. seen anything like it. Um, I wanted to ask you something. You, uh, as as some of our regular listeners know, you're a state trooper. All right. And state troopers, there's always, how many travel with a college football team? One. So you got to travel with the UL football team last week? I did. Now, what aside from like what we see by we, whether it be media fans, whoever, we we see the state trooper run out with the coach on the field and, and stand on the sideline. Like, what is your job when you're on a trip like this? Well, I've I never did a home game, so I can't. I don't. I never want to do home games because I want to take the time and enjoy it as a fan. I love doing away games because I love going to new places and experiencing new things. So even though you've been to Jonesboro many times, yeah. Well, you know, you fly to Memphis and right. then you mm-hmm. drive to Jonesboro. So um, basically, escorting to the stadium from the airport to the hotel, all that is taken care of by the state troopers of whatever state that you're in. So in this case, it was Tennessee. And then once we crossed over to Arkansas, it was, you know, the Arkansas state troopers. So I really have nothing to do from that point. Now, one time and we run out into the field, my whole thing is making sure that he's protected. You know, a fan doesn't run out and try to put his hands on Napier or, you know, we run up. For halftime, I do the same thing. And when he's greeting the other coach at the end of the game, I'm right there with him just to make sure no one does anything crazy, you know, and, and stuff like that. So, And do you travel like – are you part of the traveling party or do you travel separately? Yeah, no, I'm, I, I was on the plane with him. So you were back – bringing back you, – you, were you feeling nostalgic at all from your um, playing days? Yeah, well, yeah, but that wasn't my first time because I went – uh, not last year, but the year before that. So this is your first time this season. What, right. what What's your takeaway from the game as a former player, being as close to everything as you were? You 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 get a firsthand, really impression right next to the head coach on game day, and right. how everything goes through him, how he interacts with other coaches, how he interacts with other players. I mean, this is a unique perspective that I don't think people really ever get to hear. Right, and and one of the things that. I have to say that I noticed right off the bat is the contrast between him and and H- just just him and Coach Hud something as simple as because I asked um, LeBlanc because he was he was walking around I asked him I said do they take your phones at night you know the night before the game he was like no we don't do that because Hud used to take our phones at like nine o'clock and give it to us the next day at breakfast and I asked him do they do the same thing he was like no like. <laughs> we're grown men like you don't have to take our phone you know so it was just that in itself was surprising because that's all I knew for four years was okay we got to turn on our phone we get it back but just the way how laid back everything is it's not high strung 
it's so laid back it's so chill it's like you have not like you can literally focus on focus on one thing that you need to do and that's football you don't have no other distractions you don't have a coach barking down your neck you don't have a coach nervous about the game plan everything is like a well-oiled machine it just feels like all, all the most of the preparation has already been done before yeah it's 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 amazing. Like everyone is so laid back, and compared to when I was playing, it's like it, it's it's so tense, you know. Like, and maybe that could be my perspective, being that I'm not playing and I don't. Well, you are, you're, you only that. have you only have your own experience right. as a player to compare it to. So right, and it's just it's night and day. It's not even game day, even the the pregame speech, even the. The post games, everything is night and day. It's just more laid back. More laid back, more of we more business. I hate say that, I, yeah, I hate to say it, but it's almost like with this staff, it's like, you know, we're gonna take care of business. It's a business trip. We're not gonna get too excited. Right. We have to go into the next week when with the other coaching staff is a little bit more like, okay, you know, for show. Pretty much, you know, a lot of things were for show. A lot of things was about the appearance, you know, and it, with this coaching staff, it's not all about that. It's about winning. It's about the game plan. We get in, we get out. Listen, I was on the bus. I think the game ended. I can't remember. It was 10 or 11 o'clock. We left like the game ended. I was back on the bus for 10 o'clock. We were gone at like 1045. And that was mind blowing to me because I was like, "How are all the players out the showers? All the interviews are already done, and we're already the buses are taking off forty five minutes after the game." Mm-hmm. Like, I was just mind blown about that. But that's how they do it, and we were. All They're the not way to that worried point. as much about the dressing; they're just worried about the meat. It was just not to say that a previous staff wasn't also worried about the right. meat, but they spent a lot of time on the dressing. Yeah, it was right? just a lot of things were for show. A lot of things were for. Like for the social media, you know, it's just. Well, they have people that do it. Like they, they have our own social media team. You guys worry about that. That's your job. We're yeah. Just, we're just yeah. Here to this play. coaching staff is definitely about. And like the embracement of it, too. Like they include me in a lot of things that they don't necessarily have to, which I think is cool. That's awesome. You know, like when they go to the movie nights, you know, I'm invited. It's not like, oh, you're not a part of the team. You know, they. They and let you're in me uniform? Go. No, no, no. Why? Well, I have my polo, and I okay. still have my, you know, my service weapon. You know, I have to keep Nobody's that. Nobody's messing you know? with you. So, but um, yeah, so I'm invited to eat with them. And I'm invited to do all those things. Of course, I didn't do it because I'm in Memphis. I never got a chance to be out in Memphis, so I wanted to go explore and you went do to other Beale things. Street. I don't know. I went to Hattie B's. You ever heard of that? Uh-uh. It was amazing. Maybe so. What kind, is it a? What kind of place is it? It's kind of like a. Like a high-profile Canes almost. Oh, okay. No, I haven't been there. But it's just, it's amazing. I'm not going to lie. Like, it's if they had Hattie Bees out here, I'd probably be there every day. ESPN uh, Lafayette, I'm Scott Prather. That is James Butler, 269-1077. It's a homecoming week for UL. Dr. Brian Magger is going to join us bottom of the hour, talk about a lot of stuff happening there. We got some more football to talk about. World Series getting underway tomorrow. Astros, Braves, we hit on that to start the show. We'll revisit that a little bit. Let's go to the phone lines uh, quickly. Good morning. Welcome into the show. Hello. Good morning. Hey, Scott. Yes. This is Coach, this is Coach Mitchell. Scott, I was just listening to what that young man was saying right there. 
And to the young man, I hope he's still on the radio. Wow. He's he's in, he's in studio. You. Yeah, he's in studio. Good. He's right well, here great. with me. Young man, my name is Coach Mitchell. How you I doing, was Coach? listening to you speak about the program, the current program at UL under the leadership of Coach Billy Napier and his staff. I'm not shocked that you describe it the way that you do. That shows me that you're very aware of the football game, of what it is all about. I'm going to say this to you, and this is my opinion, and to all of us. Coach Napier is one of those kinds that come around every now and then in the game of football. Coach Napier has been taught some things by others, and he's mastered the thing that he has been taught. He spent time studying it many days, many years, and now he's getting an opportunity to apply the things that he has learned over the years from all those who taught him the things that he knew. He's very people-oriented, I've noticed. He's very laid back, as you described. One thing I also know about him is he's all about his business. He's not a public person type of person, I would say, that would do advertising like some coaches want to do. He's about football. And like one of y'all was saying, we need to hire people to do all those extracurriculars. But when a football coach is a football coach, can everybody just let him or her be a football or whatever coach they are? Coach Bill is one of the best things that has happened to the university in quite some time. I'm not going to judge him against all of our past coaches. But one thing I will say about him is this. He has learned his craft, and to the teachers that have taught him, they've done well by him. If you think that this just happened overnight with what he knows, no, it hasn't. Go speak with him. I've never talked to him. I just got to know his profile, study his background, and you will see that the people who have worked with him and he has worked with, they all do the same. I hate to say it because some people in Louisiana don't like it, but watch one of his teachers, Nick Saban. Yes, he is one of Nick Saban's former students. And the way Nick runs Bama is the way Napier is adapting and using some of that knowledge to run you well. And you don't see the police around this campus. You don't see our football players cutting up. You don't see them doing this and all the shenanigans. I'm going to get off this phone. Coach Napier, y'all, he's the right guy at the right time for UL. Everybody get on board. Let's do this. Let's, in, let's improve that stadium. Let's build around this opportunity. And for all of y'all that want him to go to LSU, no, I think Coach Bill would rather be here for a while because I think he likes to build things. Hey, Coach Napier, you and your staff and everybody that's a part of it, the athletic directors, everybody, everybody that's in, investing into what y'all are doing, keep doing investment, guys. All Here right, Mitch. Thank you. Coach Mitch is a motivational speaker, huh? He got me wanting to run through the brick wall right now. I feel like you're playing some football. Scott, let's go outside real quick. ESPN Live, yeah, we'll be right back. James is all about facts. We'll see what factual prediction he makes about the World Series.
Welcome back into the Great Scott Show. I'm Scott Prather. Leroy is in. (laughs) James Butler in the house. You're funny, dude. Dr. Maggard will be with us. uh, About 10 minutes. A lot of stuff happening. Rage Occasion Homecoming Week. Uh, I, unfortunately, I'm sorry to... Some listeners might be glad to hear this. Uh, Lynn Burton is going to be filling in for me tomorrow. I hate not being on the air. I certainly hate not being on the air the the, the morning after a Saints game. Uh, I am one of the judges in the Paint the Town Red contest. Uh, so we'll be going around all over the city tomorrow. And so I will uh, I will not be on tomorrow. And it's one of the reasons why uh, James is in uh, is in today. But um, appreciate you coming in, James. Uh, you, you say that you're you, – you, look, you say it's not a prediction, it's not a spoiler, that it's just a fact – uh, even though you've you've been wrong on a number of predictions about what? What have I been wrong about? You keep bringing this up. What have you been wrong about? Yes. Uh, I don't know. Did you did you did did you pick the the Giants to win last week in your predictions to beat the Panthers? I did actually. Really? I did. Okay. Because I'm the one that said Carolina isn't that good. And you but you picked the Giants to win. Yeah, I did. Okay. Did you pick the Dolphins to beat the uh, the beat the Falcons? I thought the Falcons won. Did you pick the Dolphins to beat the Falcons? I don't. I don't no, recall. you didn't. I mean, I I, we, we could go on and on and on, and I could I go did. some of the more more outlandish ones, like, oh, I think the Saints are going undefeated. I mean, obviously that was uh, not correct. Scott, anyway, that's Scott, not the point. The point Scott. is, I'm trying. I'm trying to pump you up. What I was going to say is, even though he's not always right, the fact remains that he he means what he says, and and here he is. With a, what's your what's your background in the sport of baseball? Um, <laughs> <laughs> clear your throat. That's you know. I I, I don't. All right. I, I didn't say anything funny. I just I just clear my throat. But listen, baseball is the first sport I ever played. Man. All right. So with that, you're gonna make your first baseball fact prediction. Uh, the James Butler special, as we call it, the prediction fact. That's what we're gonna call. It. We're the gonna coin it. Fact. James like Butler's I prediction like fact. I like that. Who's winning the World Series Astros. and in how many games? Astros. Astros and how many games? I, I don't know, but the Astros are gonna win. I'm not. You're not gonna box me in and ask me how many games because then you're gonna hold me to that. <laughs> but I'm. I. <laughs> I'm gonna say the Astros. Why the Astros? Who do, who, who do you feel like the best player on the Astros? Listen, is? listen. Listen, okay, first of all, you're not doing this to me. See, this is what you do. This is what you do. Do what? What are you talking about? No, nah, man, I'm not. Give I'm me not. your pretty – so you think the Astros win. Right. But everyone else will make in how many games, but not James Butler. Can I Can I tell you why, though? Sure. Can I – because I, I see everyone's sharing, like, want the Braves to win, and I get that. That's Not a lot of Astros I, fans that, around here. But well, no. outside of Astros, I will say this, and I'm sorry to cut you off. I will say this. I'm being serious. Outside of Astros fans, I would say that the re- like for casual fans, they're right. rooting against Houston because of because they cheated, you know, buzzing and all that and trash cans, right? But I rather them win though, so I'm I'm cheering for them because America is going against them. I'm going for them. Yeah, but for an obvious reason. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know what that reason is, Scott? What is it? Atlanta Braves, man. Anything in Atlanta. Is- I can't do it, and I'm not doing it. So, 
Anything Atlanta, you're you're. I rather to. cheat than cheer for anything, any team out of Atlanta. And this is just because of the Falcons' hatred. That's that's it. So you don't like guilty any by song, association. You don't like any songs by Outkast. <sighs> Why do you see? Actually, I don't. No, I don't. Actually, I don't. You don't like any songs? No, I don't. You don't like Andre Three Thousand? I do. You don't like? You do? I do. Well, he's from Atlanta. Outkast is a group. Okay, this so you is don't. this is a single. Do you like Big Boy? I don't. Do you do like Andre 3000? I do. All right. See? I get, I mean. That's not the same. But he's from Atlanta. Uh, yeah, but that's not the same. He reps Atlanta. He does. But that's not the same. Why is it not the same? You can't find one Outcast song in my playlist. Really? So you can't. I like the, I can like I, the music. Can I see your phone? Is there music on your phone? Yeah, there is. I promise you won't know not one artist in my phone right now. All right. Give me, give me, give me an example. <clears throat> Who would see. be on your phone? See, do you know who Starlito is? No, you don't. All See, right. exactly. All right. I'm glad you named one. See, that's all James needs is one, just one opportunity. Open up that window. See. All right. So he's got he's got the Astros for uh, for fan reasons. No surprise, and that's okay. What you mean? Nothing for, wrong with no surprise. What are you talking about? No surprise. Well, why would? That's what I would expect. That's that's one of the things I love about you. Facts, man. It's all factual. The prediction facts. I don't like how you. I don't like how you try to do that. Like as if like my predictions are always just me just flying off the cuff, just saying you crazy just stuff. You just said the only reason you're rooting for the Astros is because you hate but, Atlanta okay, sports. But but that's facts though. I do hate Atlanta sports. <laughs> so that means what I'm saying is justified as being right. Mm-hmm. Have I been wrong about one thing since I've been on his on the station? No, I have not. That's. That's that's not true. I've anyway. been wrong about many things. So have you. It's all right. You can be the thing about sports. If you were always right about sports, my friend, you wouldn't be a state trooper. You'd just be living in Vegas. And I'd be like, hey, James, can I come crash for a week and, and, I don't gamble. and cash these tickets? Oh, you would if you didn't miss anything. I don't miss. I just don't gamble. That's, that's, yeah, that's not true. I asked me a question right now. You said you asked me what the final score was. I told you. Right. Who's this? I don't know. Well, then you didn't get it right. I don't know. You don't know this. You don't know this, don't. who sings this song. I don't. But you, you told me to ask you a question, and you would get it right. Uh, I mean, that's it's not dealing with sports. This is music. Oh, so it has to be a sports. It has to be about sports. Okay. All right. Who are the Beastie Boys' favorite basketball team? I'm not team? answering that. Got to be the Knicks, though. Got, you just said you weren't answering it, though. But it got to be the Knicks, right? Of course. See, hey man, look. <laughs> If y'all have any questions, just hit me up. You know what I'm saying? I get everything for Who's Anthony Davis's favorite football team? I don't care. That's the answer with that. I don't care. He grew up in Chicago, and his favorite team is the Packers. I that don't should be care. A, should be. The same thing about Lil Wayne. He grew up in New Orleans. His favorite team is the Packers. Yeah. Like what's, I don't understand that. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. If you, were, if you wasn't a Saints fan, who would be your favorite football team, NFL team? I have no idea. I, there is no. I mean, there's only one. I just have right. But if you if you mean who's the team that if they're not playing the Saints, I usually root for. If the Saints are out the playoffs, which will never happen, who would you cheer for? Like, oh, I I, I would probably. I, this isn't recency. I'd, I'd probably root for the Bengals because I, when I, I was like a it. kid, I rooted for them hard in Super Bowl because they were playing the Niners, who I hated as a kid. Right. Because they right. always beat the Saints, and then the Bengals were bad for so long while the Saints were too, and so I always felt kind of 
bad for them. Yeah. Yeah. And and they've they've had some moments here and there, but yeah, I've always kind of had a little little soft spot for them. But it's not like it's not the same thing. It's not like when they win or lose, I'm like enthralled one way or the other. It's right. just kind of like, oh, good. I'm glad they I'm glad right. they're doing it. Right. You know, with the Saints, it's a it's a whole different experience, James. You know that. I just wanted you to say you cheer for another team, so I, I can you know hold you to that. But now, nah, man, the Bengals are doing really well, though. Seriously. 41 to 17. Yeah, man, they're doing really well. ESPN 1420. ESPN Lafayette. I'm Scott Prather. For those listening on the stream, it's brought to you by Champagne's Market on the Will Center. Champagne's going the extra mile. Raging Cajun Homecoming Week is here. There's a lot of stuff happening. Troy's glad you picked the Astros, by the way. That's what he said. Because after listening to this guy's predictions, I'm so glad he picked the Astros. Wow. Go Braves. Wow. So basically, he don't like my predictions. Basically. No, he, he doesn't. He doesn't like us, but he he's a big Braves fan. Okay. By the way, this is Beastie Boys. We'll be right back. Dr. Maggot's with us. ESPN 1420, ESPN Lafayette. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show. I'm Scott Prather. James Butler is here, and as promised, the Vice President of Intercollegiate Athletics, Director of Athletics, Dr. Brian Maggard from Louisiana, in studio with us. He is, uh, looks like he's been up for hours. He's fresh. He's got his coffee. He's got a busy week in front of him. Good morning, Dr. Maggard. How are you? I'm great. Happy Monday to both of you. Thank you. I appreciate Thank you. It. Uh, it's game week. The uh, the Cajuns getting ready to host Texas State this Saturday, but it's also homecoming week. And with that comes a lot of festivities. Um, and also on game day with the 11 a.m. kickoff, I know there was announcements made last week. Um, and it's worth noting again, as Coach Napier's pointed out, as we, that's a Sunbelt ESPN deal. They right. control the kickoff times. And what you guys do is, okay, here we go. It's at 11. Let's start with that. Let's start with game day and sort of work our way back to to, to now. Um, reverse tailgate, bring your kid to the game for free, homecoming. I mean, there are so much stuff surrounding this football game. Just lay it all out for us and why it's going to be a memorable Saturday. Well, I think, first of all, because it's homecoming, right? We need everybody to get back here and uh... – we, we need a sellout. We, we absolutely need a sellout at Cajun Field. We have not had that. And so let's, you know, we're calling for a sellout. We're asking Acadiana to show up again. Been very, very pleased with what we've seen thus far. So, you know, many thanks to all the fans out there for attending the games. But, but on Saturday, we need a sellout. It's going to be a beautiful day. You know, it's going to feel like fall. You're going to be, you know, low 70s for a high. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, I think it's time to to get out and, and have fun. But we know that all the gates are going to open up at 7 a.m. So, yes, it's reverse tailgate, but come on out before as well. Just get warmed up. Get warmed up between 7 and 11. Uh, we know that the homecoming parade is going to have a reduced new route, so it's going to start at Blackham and we'll go through Cajun Field. So get get your tailgate set up. You know, get the, the Bloody Marys and mimosas flowing and uh, just get your position to watch the parade go through. And then, uh, again, just get the – Get a little bit sauced up before the game, but then after that game, 
plan to tailgate hard. What, what, what time is the parade going to be going through? So the parade actually uh, will go through at the 8. It starts at 8.30, so probably around 9.30, I think, is maybe when it's going to get through Cajun Field, uh-huh. something like that. So I think if you're in position, you know, by 8.30, 9 o'clock, you should be in good shape. But again, all gates open at uh, 7. And when you say all gates, you mean to come parking to gates. Gate. Yeah, right. parking, right. all your parking. So you can get set. But tailgaters can get set up Friday night. We sure. know that. That's a normal force. Same with the RV lot. And then um, so obviously there's going to be. everyone wants to go join the tailgaters, yeah, everyone absolutely. that gets those invites. That's right. Uh, and then get you, there at you, 7. Russo Park opens up at 8 o'clock. Right for Fan Fest, and there will be uh, Buddy Mary's and mimosas for sale there. So if you don't have a tailgate spot, you don't want to mess with bringing anything, just come out to Russo clock. And then don't forget, uh, there's always um, free general mission parking over at the Light Center. Mm-hmm. So it's it's going to be fun. It's going to be affordable, and uh, it's homecoming. And then after the game, uh, Cajuns, how are our fans going to celebrate a victory afterwards? Well, so after that uh, victory, uh, just get back out to your tailgate. We're going to have uh, Cupid, the live band under the oak tree. He'll start up uh, right after the game and just come out, hang out, have a good time. The student tailgate will be taking place as well. Students can certainly come over and listen to the band if they want to. They're going to have a DJ and some things going on there. But, uh, you know, Just come out afterwards, but plan on sticking around. It's going to be a victory celebration. Connect with old friends, connect with current friends, and just come out and hang out on a beautiful Saturday afternoon. How much has moving the student tailgate in your mind helped with student attendance? Immensely, immensely. But, yeah. you know, a lot of credit really goes to our student support organization. You know, what we learned is, is we really needed a, an organic push, mm-hmm. um, you know, from our student body. So our student leaders, you know, our SGA uh, leadership have done a fantastic over the past couple of years in, of really getting the student body engaged. So credit goes to them. But I think moving that tailgate over to the practice fields really close to the stadium was a huge, huge help. ESPN Lafayette, I'm Scott Prather. Dr. Brian Maggard is in studio, UL homecoming games at 11 a.m., but there's so much more happening around the game. What about the rest of homecoming schedule this week and things that certainly, I know students are probably more tied in, but 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 fans and folks in the community can can really get involved in and sink their teeth in? Well, I think as you alluded to, Scott, you know, tomorrow you got Paint the Town Red, right? And I think you and uh, Carrie and many others are going to be in an RV driving around, That's right. and so that that should be a fun time. I'm excited. And then, uh, but let's back up one day. You know, from Saturday, and that is Friday night, the 29th. We will have our uh, Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame, University of Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame induction, and we've got four amazing individuals. You know, getting inducted that evening, and so that's going to be a big night for us. We'll be at Rousseau Park, and certainly, you know, uh, a headliner will, will be um, Coach Robichaud. You know, being. Uh, being inducted, and, and so his family will be there to represent him, along with Paul Bacco, Ashley Bregnack, and uh, and Phil Deedy. So yeah. it's going to be a great, great evening on Friday night, and then it'll be bright and early because all those folks will be in the parade as well, and then uh, they'll be at the game. They'll be recognized at the game uh, during halftime, but it's going to be, again, a, a fun Friday night. And then the university, you just go to the university website or go to RagingCajuns.com, and, and the entire week schedule is there. But I think tomorrow's going to be a big one with the paint the town red. It's awesome. Uh, it's a lot of fun. And um, it's going to culminate on Saturday. A lot happening between now and then for students, for alumni. Get out to the game Saturday. Get out early, as Dr. Maggard said. The parade going to take off from Blackham at 830. Going to go around Cajun Field. Um, kick off uh, just after 11 a.m. Um, and uh, like you said, they're, they're, they're vying for a sellout. 
tailgate afterwards. Enjoy it. Cupid will be there. James Butler will be doing the Cupid Shuffle. I'm most likely absolutely. Will. And, uh, <clears throat> and that'll, be, that'll be the price of your ticket. I promise you. <laughs> and I'd definitely be there six thirty a.m. Six thirty. Six thirty. Excellent. Just, just, just because you're a state trooper, you're just gonna bypass the gate. Be like, let uh, me in. No, come on, Scott. <laughs> I'm not gonna do that. Come on, man. I, I'll be there as a fan. All right. Well, I mean, he said gates open at seven, so you should be waiting by the I'll, gate. I'll be waiting I by got the you. gate. He's going to be in line. I got He's going to be there there first go. in line. I love I, it. I believe it. We I, need, I we need ten thousand more with that attitude. That's awesome. ESPN uh, Lafayette. Scott Prather, James Butler in studio with me this morning. Dr. Brian Maggard here as well. Dr. Maggard, um, since the last time we talked, some of the conference realignment things yes. we discussed have heated up quite a bit. Um, when we had talked, it was. I think you had said that y'all just had a meeting the night before you and the other ADs and some university presidents of Sunbelt schools and felt like y'all were going to stand firm. Um, now reports are Southern Miss going to get an invite, um, uh, a number of other schools as well, Marshall, James Madison, to name a few. And, you know, there's just fans are obviously having fun with it. I know that there's no love lost between some fans here and some fans in Ruston, but as as um, I, I guess, let me ask you this, Doctor Maggard: How much has the Sun Belt improved as as a whole, as a as an athletic conference, just in your time here? Oh, I think it's been immensely improved. I think you know what you're seeing us do, and particularly in the sport of football, right? And that's what's elevated the profile of the Sun Belt is, you know, how we're competing in that sport and and how we're finishing in the CFP and amongst a group of five. That's what. Uh, being, that's been the game changer, I think, from a national platform standpoint. And we knew when when this uh, landscape shift was about to occur that we were in a great position as a league, right? We knew that there was no really no concern that anybody was going to be enticed, you know, to go anywhere else because we really believe in what we have going on, you know, in the Sun Belt, particularly from a competitive standpoint and from a regionality standpoint. And any changes that you might see this week happen officially are just going to continue to bolster the competitiveness and the regionality aspect of the Sun Belt Conference. How much can you publicly comment on when things haven't been officially set? I mean, can you, are you allowed to kind of comment on some of the headlines? You know, I, I only asked before I would, yeah. you know, I don't I, want to ask you something that you would have to go ahead and say, well, I can't really comment right. on that. I think, you know, out of respect to the other institutions, you're going to let them be the first to get out in front of things and, and make some announcements. But uh, I would just tell people to have their eyes and ears open. There you go. So um, multiple reports are that the Sun Belt will invite James Madison, Marshall, Southern Miss, and Old Dominion. Once some things are official, as uh, Dr. Maggard put it, he can comment further. I do think when you are able to strengthen your conference and weaken that of an opponent, um, I guess it's kind of the best of both worlds. It, it may sound callous to some, but that's the nature of business. And when it comes to um, – sports when it comes to conferences you know for many it is a business and I, I I just I feel like when you first arrived here maybe one of the first conversations we had Jay and I talked to you at the old athletic complex and just talking about different goals and it was hey look the Sun Belt, you know, if there's an opportunity to maybe improve the program, if it means going somewhere else if that opportunity ever presented itself you know that's that's certainly on the table and Folks can read into that the way they want. I read into it as, hey, look, if if whether it, maybe not necessarily Kusa, but somebody called, and you had yourself in a position, 
But that was sort of looking at the Sun Belt then and just looking at it now. And as you said, Dr. Maggard, football's driven it, but it's uh, it's just in a totally different place. And some of these reported additions, if they do happen, it's not just football that improves, though. I'll just put That's it right. that way. Uh, I, I I just feel like it's it's come a long way. And I remember a time when the Sun Belt was, in terms of group of five and football, um, the bottom feeder, and that's not the case anymore. When you look at the group of five now, it's uh, arguably once some of these things are done at at the top. And I don't, folks can debate one way or another, but as as James Butler would tell you, there are some things that are just facts. That's and right. um, it's I don't know. I imagine I, I know you can't comment a ton. I just imagine it's it's an exciting time right now. It really is. I mean, I think we're all you know the entire membership right now is very excited about our future moving forward and the direction we're heading. You know, we, we continued. And, and again, let me go back and say is, is when CEOs and ADs were meeting, our intent was never to, to weaken somebody else. It was just how are we going to strengthen ourselves? And that was our motivator and our driver. You know, do we have an opportunity to continue to strengthen and grow the brand of the Sunbelt Conference? And had that been through addition or just staying put, you know, we were open to, to whatever. But we did know that staying together as a, as a membership was really the most important thing. And then certainly, you know, as you looked and evaluated other programs that might have an interest, right, in, in, in coming our way, we just, uh, you know, really analyzed that closely. And to your point, Scott, you know, we, the Diamond Sports are really important to the Sunbelt Conference. We know that, right? Basketball is important to the Sunbelt Conference. And so, um, you know, as we looked to make invitations and or have dialogue with other institutions, those were the, the factors. But it wasn't, I want people to know, it wasn't about trying to weaken somebody else who was Merely, can we strengthen ourselves through the appropriate addition of schools? Sure. Um, you mentioned basketball. 73-68, they fell last night in exhibition to a preseason team that's going to, I think, rank 14th against Alabama. Um, <clears throat> your thoughts on, on Coach Marlin's squad and what they, they did last night? Stout. I was watching uh, you know, through the, the stat game ticker and, uh, you know, we led at halftime. We were in it the entire time, and just you know, I think just there to kind of end is when they, when they separated a little bit. But very pleased with that. I'm really not surprised. I'll be honest with you. Um, again, now I have not had a chance to, to watch much of practice of late, but I can just tell you, you know, when you walk through our building and you see our men's basketball team, <clears throat> excuse me, they look like men. There's a different look, and even our returning guys, they just they look different. And I think you know a lot of that's attributed to. Uh, you know, our new strength coach, Oliver Houston, in the weight room. But um, it's going to be a fun, fun, dynamic year. <clears throat> and I think people need to make sure they get their season tickets. How are season ticket sales right now for uh, for men's and women's basketball? We had about an 85 to 88% renewal rate, which is fantastic. So that just got us right under 2,000 season tickets. So now they're open to the general public. And, again, I would just encourage people to, to get those season tickets. This is going to be a dynamic team to watch and if you are a college basketball fan you're going to enjoy watching raging cajun basketball espn 1420 espn lafayette i'm scott prather james butler in here dr maggard we've had conversations uh last year maybe a little this year when you have a coach like billy napier his name's out there constantly um power five schools hey you read various pundits' articles everywhere. Billy Napier, he's a great guy for the job. He should be interviewed for this. Um, it started, again, with LSU's announcement. And, and, and Napier was asked about it, and he said, look, I haven't been contacted or anything. But I know you, when it comes to this, you've always had 
a communication process between you, the president, between Billy. Um, has it heated up more in the last two weeks just with the name floating out there, or is it just kind of business as usual? Is it always sort of just the same standard protocol, yeah, if that yeah, makes sense? It, it has not heated up. I'll tell you that right now. That does not mean there's not dialogue going on, you know, whether it's over in Baton Rouge or wherever, but um, it, it's, it's absolutely been business as usual. And that's one thing that uh, – Coach is really good about. You know, he he stays focused. He does not let distractions get in his way whatsoever. Um, but no, there there's been no heat. I would say, you know, right now. And certainly, you know, if there's any opportunity, and Coach and I have talked about this, if there's any opportunity that he wants or is very interested in, I'm always going to be supportive of that. Do I want him to leave? Absolutely not. You know, I think I think we can. We've started to, and we can really finish and create a dynasty here. Mm-hmm. I, I believe that. But at the same time, I understand that there may be an opportunity that one day presents itself that he he's going to be uh, very interested in. And, and certainly great things happen to great people, and he's one of those. And so should it happen, and that's something he wants, you know, I'd do everything I could to support him in that endeavor. But as always, my goal is to keep him here to be our head coach for as long as possible. Yeah, do everything you do to do that as well. And when you say dialogue heating up, you just mean others in other places speculating. Yes, absolutely, yeah. Behind-the-scenes dialogue with you or others. And I, I just wanted to clarify that because I know how some listeners... Correct, no, no. It. That's It's just out the, the, the talk right. that's out there. And it's, it, it'll, it's going to continue it until... Will, it will continue. Until Scott Woodward makes an announcement. Yeah. <laughs> and then maybe another one. But that's that's part of what comes with having success. And, that's right. Um, that's right. You know, he's, yeah. uh, he's we'll, done a heck of a job. And we'll take that any day. Sure, absolutely. Right. Much it's better than the alternative. He's so. the alternative. That is right. Dr. Maggard. Uh, do you have anything else you want to add before we let you uh, run, Dr. Maggard? I know it's a busy week for you, but uh, homecoming week. Yeah, I just want to encourage people, please come out, right? You know, there's there's very affordable tickets, free parking. It's going to be a great, great day. But, you know, uh, with the McDonald's family four-pack, you know, tickets are $12.50 each to come watch Really, what's a top twenty-five football team, right? We, you know, that's that's what right we on are. the outside, right on the edge. They're, so. they're going to be there, and um, you know, we've got a, a day full of great events. But be out there on Cajun Field footprint. Come out, watch the parade from that, right? Then just stick around, hang out for an hour and a half great afterwards. Weather. Great weather, you know, just have some good food, some good beverage prior to the game, and then after that game, after we beat the Bobcats, just plan on kind of hanging out on the footprint at Cajun Field Saturday afternoon. Because one, it's going to be a beautiful, beautiful day, right? The temperature is going to be just perfect. And have your tailgate ready, and uh, let's just have a great time and celebrate our alumni coming home and our football team getting a victory. Speaking of alumni, what a, a former alum like James Butler over there, a former football player, what do alums like that mean to the lifeblood of a program moving forward? Well, they're everything because, you know, it's it's upon us to, to make sure that we are intentional about reaching out and staying in touch, right? We've got to keep our alumni engaged. If we don't, then shame on us, right? And I think industry-wide, you know, that's some, that's an area that still always needs to be improved. I think at times we get so focused on the here and now and, and, and you know, the current student athletes, which you got to focus on. But, but listen, the, the, the former letter winners, right, they're critically important to an athletics department. We need them engaged. We need to get them involved and not just ask for stuff, but make sure that they know that they're welcome back each and every week, each and every competition. They need to know that they've got a home to come to whenever they want to. And then hopefully in time, you know, when they start becoming successful in their own uh, endeavors, you know, then they can give back to the institution that gave them so much as well. But it's really incumbent upon us to make sure that we are making them feel very welcome at all times. Dr. Maggard has been our guest, VP of Intercollegiate Direct, 
Athletic director. Athletic director. There you Dr. go. Dr. Brian Maggard has uh, been our guest. Dr. Maggard, I appreciate the time, man. All the best, and I'll be seeing you this week. Okay. Thank you, Scott. James, thank you much. And, uh, thank you, Dr. Maggard. Good luck with judging tomorrow. Keep, yeah. Keep that one judge in line, if you would. Uh, I, I, I just take notes from her. Perfect. Just, you know, she's, she's, <laughs> she's better at it than me. I no, do, I, I do the same thing. I'm honored to do it. Uh, I was able to do it a few years ago. I had a blast. Yeah, and, it's uh, fun. I can't wait to do it again. All right. Thank you guys very thank much. You. Thank you. That is uh, Dr. Brian Maggard. James Butler in here for just a few more minutes before we uh, wrap up this edition of the Great Scott Show. How you feeling, James? Feeling great. Feeling great. Is it definitely going to be at the tailgate at six thirty? Like I said, okay. I definitely appreciate there being festivities after. That was one thing I was concerned about, but being that there are things to do afterward, that's big time to me because that improves the engagement. And definitely me as a fan, you know, I want to stick around as long as possible. I want to, you know, there's former teammates that are going to be around that I want to meet with, you know, and stuff like that. I want to hang out with my family and, and still be in that environment. So that's that's awesome, man. I, I was, that was great to hear. You get to hang out all day with family and friends and former teammates. And is your son, how's your son moving? Is he walking around? Running. Running? running so you're yes. going to be teaching him the Cupid Shuffle? or <laughs> Going to be doing that. I'm probably going to be doing a lot of chasing, too. Throwing the football around, you know. How's his hands? Uh, not quite there yet. I'm trying to make him be a quarterback, though. I don't want him to be a receiver. There you go. You know, so he can he can sling it. Yeah. You definitely. just want someone to throw you the football at all no, times. No, no, Scott. How no. hard is it for? Honestly, this is a real question. When you're on the sideline for a game in uniform, not football, state trooper, mm-hmm. and you've got to be stoic and sit there unless something is you know comes near the coach. If a ball's thrown to the sideline, does like muscle memory kick in? Do you like try to just go it up does. and get it? No, it's like you you literally have to stop yourself from <laughs> like catching it because you know you have to remain professional and you have to you know stay in that mindset. But man, I'm telling you, it's it's definitely hard. He's sitting there just fighting the urge. Yeah, man. Self control. You got the campaign hat on, and you know you know if you get out of control, it's coming off, and it's just gonna be uh, it's, it's, it's too much. All right. So your prediction tonight, Saints win 45 to 10. You're sticking 45 with 10, it? 45 to 10, yep. 27, Seahawks 19. That's actually, that's a good, that's a good oh, well, realistic you. pick. Realistic? Realistic. Are you suggesting yours isn't? I thought I mean, it was a fact. Listen, you always say that I'm too emotional. So I'm just acknowledging the fact while okay. we're getting off okay. that I might be, I might be a little emotion that's, in my prediction. I'll take that. Also, a little bit of hope because I, I know you said no one cares about my fantasy football team. No but one I, cares. I have three no people playing tonight, no and I need, I need 45 points. Okay, that's great. No okay. one cares. I, I'm just saying. Except the people in your league. How you know Leroy don't care? He might care. Aren't you Leroy? I think we learned that today. Everyone's Leroy. That's your alias. Apparently, you're Leroy, too. So hey, Leroy. Leroy. All right, that's it for the Great Scott Show. I'm my man, Lynn Burton, filling in tomorrow. I will be back Wednesday. Jay Walker will be with me part of Wednesday. Going to work on a couple of other big guests I'm trying to line up. It's homecoming week. As Dr. Maggard said, uh, just an absolutely illustrious Hall of Fame class going in Friday. A lot happening. Looking forward to it. I'll talk to you guys all week. Greeny's next. This is ESPN Lafayette. Let's go.